0: The Reds showed us what their number one priority should be this offseason in Thursday's loss to the Detroit Tigers. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan that I've turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to talk some Reds with me. I encourage you, if you're listening, hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Or if you're watching right here on YouTube, thank you so much for doing so. Make sure you drop a thought down in our comments section below. Love to hear from our everydayers as well. If you're an everydayer, let me know in the comments section below, because, uh, you are the reason why I do this. You're the reason why Steve does this. Steve is not with me today. He is uh, currently out, but he'll be back, uh, coming up next week. But as we move forward, we're looking at this, uh, the finale, this, this horrible finale that the Reds had to the Tigers series, uh, why it underscored the number one priority that Nick crawl should have for the off season we're going to look at what really went wrong. I mean, lots went wrong on Thursday's game, but we're going to look at what went wrong, and we're going to look at the opportunity that the Mets or that the Reds have against the Mets this weekend. Thank you for making Locked On Reds part of your day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And where we will get started today is the absolute key storyline, the number one priority that Nick Kroll should have in pen, maybe even in marker, I don't know, on the top of his to-do list for the offseason, and Get the pitching. This starting rotation needs to be stabilized. Look, yesterday, Steve and I said that the bullpen right now can get the Reds to the playoffs. The Reds have now 14 games remaining on the season. The bullpen can do this. They've done it all year. They've performed very well. Here's the thing, though. Next year, the Reds need a steady starting rotation. There's been lots of circumstances that have led to the bullpen having to carry this team. Injuries are a big factor, and uh, some guys not necessarily pitching as well as we had hoped, but for the most part, there has been no stability. The, The starting rotation has been awful, and ERA is not the only metric that we can look at to tell us that. In fact, there are a couple of different stats. The number one thing that I look at And and this is something for me that if the Reds want to get where we want them to be, if the Reds want to be a World Series contender, if they want the rest of the league to take them seriously as such, moving forward, they have to have a stable starting rotation. And by stable, I mean they've got to not have as many guys start games as they've had this year. 17 pitchers have started a game for the Cincinnati Reds this year. 17, 15 have started multiple games. Do you know any teams that have 15 starting pitchers? No, that's because the Reds have employed multiple bullpen days. They've had lots of situations where they've had to call somebody up just to make a start. And then they send them right back down. There's been so many cases where a pitcher has started a game for the Reds and we're like, boy, I got to look this guy up. I'm not really sure who he is. Let's run down the list really fast. Graham Ashcraft, Luke Weaver. This list, by the way, is in order of how many games they have started for the Reds. Graham Ashcraft, Luke Weaver. Yes, Luke Weaver made the second most starts on this team so far. Brandon Williamson has a chance to catch him. He's third most. Then Andrew Rabbit, Hunter Green, Ben Lively, Nick Lodolo, Luis Sessa, remember him? Lion Richardson, Connor Overton, Derek Law, Brett Kennedy, Levi Stout, Connor Phillips, Carson Spires, Fernando Cruz, and TJ Antone. Did you take notes? There'll be a test later. So many names have started a game for the Cincinnati Reds. And I can remember a time, I can remember the 2012 season when five, no, sorry, sorry, sorry six, Total pitchers started games for the Reds that year. Now, again, we've said this many, many, many times. That is a super outlier, like the kind of outlier that will probably never be done again by this franchise. And it's very likely that it'll be hard to do for any franchise. Comparatively, looking at the top of the NL Central, the Brewers have had 10 starting pitch, 10 different starting pitchers this season. The reds have had 17 and the reds have had 15 start multiple games. The brewers have only had eight start multiple games. And in fact, uh, the, the two of the 10 that have only started one game, they've only started one game. And then, um, of those eight that have started multiple games, the fewest number of games that any one of those guys have started is seven games. The reds have had like five guys start two games that's telling me that David Bell and Nick Crawl have had to throw darts at, you know, they, they put they put all the the organization's pitchers up on a wall and they threw a dart and they're just like, "All right, that guy. We're going to call him up and he's going to pitch." You know. That, that that's, that's how this year has gone. And yeah, you can say that injuries played a huge role. But that is where Nick Crawl's job comes in. Nick Crawl needs to make sure that next year, during this offseason, during this upcoming offseason, where the Reds are at least understood to have a lot of financial flexibility, they should get some stability. At least one veteran starter, maybe two, to bolster this rotation. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of talent in this Reds organization, but none of it is proven. The most proven, and I put that in quotes, talent that the Reds have in the starting rotation is Graham Ashcraft. And I still think there's some question marks because it seems like every time he really gets going, he gets an injury about him. And it's the nature of pitching in this day and age of the major leagues that you just go 100%, 100% of the time. And I think the Reds are starting to teach their guys, look, you got to pitch and not just throw. And you got to have some parts of your, of your, starting appearances that you're not throwing 100%. But I think that's a process. And you've definitely got guys like Graham Ashcraft and Hunter Green that that might change who they are fundamentally. And that might not be something that's viable. I don't, That is a question for, for Derek Johnson. But I know this, Nick Kroll definitely needs to get some stability because look, these final two plus weeks of the season, this pitching staff, as it has performed this year can work. There's 14 games left. The bullpen that has carried this team all year long can continue to carry it. I believe to a playoff appearance, but we cannot say that what they have done this year can be replicated next year. Next year has got to be better on the starting pitcher front. The Reds have had, and I look at a couple of different stats here from a starting pitcher perspective. This one, this one blew my mind. The Reds have had 71 no decisions from their starters. The only team in the major leagues to have more is San Francisco. 71 no decisions. And usually the reason for that is they're leaving early. Because the major league rules say you've got to pitch at least five full innings to qualify for the win. The Reds have had so many instances, and they average just under five innings per start. The league average is just slightly over five innings per start. The Reds are just under five innings per start. So technically, the average start for a Cincinnati Reds starting pitcher does not qualify for a win. That stat blows my mind. And look, we're, we're, we, we always say, we're like, man, we'd love it if the Reds could get six or seven innings out of a starter today. God forbid they get eight innings. The averages say they're not even getting five. That's got to change next year. Look, the, the the bullpen can very well get this team to the playoffs this year. I believe that. But that cannot be the plan next year. Nick Crawl must look at the way that this year has gone for the health of the team, for the performance of the team, and he's got to stabilize the starting rotation this offseason. You know, the, the the series finale did not go as planned, and we are just getting started here on today's Lockdown Reds because coming up, just how bad was yesterday's loss for the Reds? We'll dive into their performance coming up next. Before we do that, I want to tell you about One of today's sponsors, and that is Jace Medical. You know, modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, foreign travel, and and, and more things like that may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form, and one of their board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate for you. In addition, you'll be able to send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions at any time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to the medication that you need in an emergency. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical dot com. Remember that if you can't be down at the ballpark... If you can't be in Flushing, Queens to watch the Reds and Mets, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast, we're going to break down this weekend series with the Mets and look forward to the final homestand of 2023. (sighs) I can't believe we're here. It's been a nice season, been a fun season. Yeah, but we're gonna we got a lot to celebrate in the off season, but we are we are here, folks. The final six games at Great American Ballpark, at least for the regular season. Who knows? Maybe there'll be some postseason baseball there. But the final six regular season ball games are coming up next week at Great American. We'll get you ready for that. And look, if you'd like to support the show, I encourage you join me on Subtext. Text Go Reds to five one three five nine seven zero nine four four, and you'll get texts from me about some inside information. I'll give you stats. I'll give you, you know, if there's injury updates. We talked a lot about TJ Antone on subtext as different updates have been coming about. Uh, you can also text me your thoughts and questions and get a direct line straight to me. And we'll have Q&A shows where our, our subtexters will get first dibs. Join today and you'll get a 14-day free trial. Again, text Go Reds to 513-597-0944. All right, Um, I'd like to ask you this question. And for those of you watching here on YouTube, uh, please feel free to jump in the comments on this one and give me your answer. And then if you are listening, hit me up on Twitter and let me know. Was Thursday's loss to the Detroit Tigers the worst game that the Reds have played this season? Let me preface it by saying this. I know that they have lost games by more runs. I know they gave up 20 to Chicago the Cubs earlier on this season. I know they've given up double digits many times to other teams and, and, and lost by double digits many times, but hear me out on this. I think systematically the reds stunk on Thursday. I, I am one that loves positivity for our Cincinnati reds. I choose positivity more often than not, but on a day like Thursday and, 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 it's hard to say that a team needs to get a road sweep because sweeping a major league baseball team on the road. I don't care if you're the tigers. I don't care if you're the Braves. I don't care if you're the Royals. It's hard to do. Those guys are professionals for a reason. So it's really hard to sweep a team on the road and the Reds did still win the series two out of three, but it felt like the way that they ended that series was just so bad. There were, Fielding mistakes galore. There were hitting problems. They didn't hit for like six innings or five full innings. Uh, There were base running problems. There were pitching problems. There was literally problems on every facet of the game. And as much as we can look for positives, they are just so overshadowed by what happened. So let's look at that. I mean, the Reds were no hit into the sixth. The, the lineup for me was the biggest problem of the day because I felt like they did have a few opportunities after the fifth. So in the sixth inning, Jake Fraley leads off with a single. That's nice to see the next batter. Nick Martini grounds into a double play. In fact, they went from being no hit for the first five innings to the next three innings, all being derailed by double plays. The sixth, seventh, and eighth, all saw the Reds hit into a double play of some shape or form. Anything that was hit hard, it felt like everything, but there were a couple of hits, but anything that was hit hard was hit right into a Tigers player's glove. That was probably the most frustrating. I mean, obviously bad play and and, and blunders and things like that are very annoying, but when you're doing well, you're hoping that doing well Brings good results, and according to Statcast, the the Reds' expected batting average for the game was higher than the Tigers' expected batting average for the game. But the Tigers out hit the Reds by a comfortable margin. It just showed you how unlucky that the Reds were getting a little bit on the hitting side of things. But anything that was hit hard, the Reds had thirteen, according to Statcast, thirteen hard hit balls, which is a ball that was hit at least 95 miles an hour or more they had 13 of those cases five of those turned into hits five they had they had seven balls put in play over 100 miles an hour only four of those were hits It feels like if you hit a ball over 100 miles an hour, you should just get a hit, period. Like, it should just be, okay, you hit it really, really hard, we're going to give you a hit, right? That's just not how baseball works. Baseball is an unfair sport, and that is what happens, especially on the hitting side of things. And plus, there were a couple of instances where they drew a walk or they got hit by a pitch or something like that. They had free base runners at different points, and they never capitalized. And you did have that one thing where, where Ellie drew a walk Ellie in this game, by the way, didn't actually record. And at bat, he had two plate appearances. He drew two walks and then he was lifted for a pinch pincher. David Bell pinch hit for Ellie De La Cruz by bringing in Nick Senzel. That's where this game went. I, I still don't know how I feel about that. I I've tried to wrap my brain around that one. I get it. David Bell is trying to win the ball game and he's trying to put his guys in the best position, that's a tough one for me, but two walks and two plate appearances for LA de la Cruz, his first walk, he stole second. And then the very next pitch, it looked like he was leaning. He was getting ready to steal third. And the pitcher knew that Reese Olsen for the Tigers knew that picked him off. Second base. Very frustrating to see that. It seemed like the reds, anytime they had a chance on the bases, they just ran out of it. Then on the defensive side of things, it just kept getting worse. The reds had two errors and that feels generous. Uh, there there were so many different plays where it was like, okay, yeah, sure. That tiger's base runner is probably going to beat it out maybe, but the reds never gave a shot to really discuss that because they just didn't play well. Ellie in particular, this was a game where, and it was funny because Steve texted me and he's just like, we've got to talk about Ellie's blunders. And yes, one side of me says, "Ugh, it stinks. The other part of me says he's 21 and he's a rookie, and this stuff's going to happen. He's flashing the talent. He's showing us the potential, but the consistency, it's not there, nor should it be. If the consistency was there when he's 21 years old, we're talking about one of the best baseball players of all time, and <laughs> let's just give this kid a minute to breathe and understand the game of baseball. I under, Look, as much as I hate to see – him commit an error or commit a blunder or just anything you know something go wrong for Ellie I want everything he touch to turn to gold. It's just not going to happen that way. That's not how baseball works. He's got to learn he'll learn he'll get there. but it was it was really unfortunate to see because he he had a tough day in the field. The Reds had two errors then. They allowed another two hits. This was an interesting thing. I mentioned the bad luck that the Reds had on the hitting side. The Tigers got two hits that, according to StatCast, had an expected batting average below 200. As in, they should have been out. They should have been out some more times than not, but the Reds' defense, whether it was how they were shifted or just how they played the ball, they turned it into a hit. It was a bad day for the fielding. And then on the mound, it got even worse. Um, We talked about the bullpen and how good they've been over the last month. On yesterday's show, we omitted Derek Law for a reason. Derek Law's last month has been icky. Been real bad. After yesterday, he's pitched 10 and a third innings over the last month. He's allowed 10 runs in those 10 and a third innings. He has issued nine free passes in those 10 and a third innings. He's had six walks and three hit batsmen. That's bad. <laughs> there, there's not a, not a lot of metrics that are going to convince me that that's not, that's not bad. That That's bad. And relief pitching is a very fickle thing. I've said this multiple times on the show. It's, it's something that as, as much as we've seen the ebbs and flows of different pitchers on this team, Derek Law has had a really rough month, and hopefully he can bounce back soon. But it did not – the bounce back did not begin in Detroit on Thursday. And then Buck Farmer, he blew up in a tough spot. Buck Farmer, he pitched an inning in two-thirds, and I believe that whenever he was brought into the ball game by Derek, by David Bell, the, the uh, marching orders were, you're going to give us at least six outs. Just didn't work. Um, he, he blew up, gave up that big grand slam to Matt Vierling. that honestly, at that point, it felt like the game was really far out of reach anyway. The grand slam from Matt Vierling just made it elementary. At that point, that's what made it eight to one. TJ Friedel, of course, homered in the in the top of the ninth, but that was a garbage time home run. Um, but it was nice to see Ben Lively return. He's, he kind of got roughed up a little bit. It was really just one swing from Akil Badu. Otherwise, it was a pretty solid outing for Ben Lively in four and a third innings. But overall, this was a bullpen day that Ben Lively was slated to get the lion's share of the innings, but he still only pitched four and a third. That just goes back to what I said about the starting rotation. It's got to be fixed this offseason. You've got to have guys that you can rely on to give you five innings, just five innings. Six and seven would be nice, but at this rate, six and seven feels like paradise compared to what we've seen from the Reds' starting pitching this season. Just not a good day at the office for the Reds, anyway. Slice it. As much as I love to be positive, What much to be positive about it on that day. I'm just gonna, just gonna say it. But you know what? We're not done yet here on the Lockdown Reds Podcast because coming up, the Reds have an opportunity this weekend against the Mets. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors. That is FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. They've got amazing offers and great promos coming into each and every week of the NFL season. But as we get kicked off here, they've got this amazing offer for new customers. Sign up today. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up. And if you bet $5, you'll get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's it. You just put $5 on something, bam, get $200 in bonus bets. Plus all customers, not just new customers, but all customers who place a $5 bet will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV so you can watch your football anywhere you go. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet from everything on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. In fact, looking at today's game, the Reds and Mets, they're in Flushing, Queens. Odds on uh, who will win the game today are actually dead even right now as I record this. Uh, the Mets and Reds are both minus 108 on the money line. That's with Hunter Green going up against David Peterson, like we'll talk about here in just a moment. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with offers that you don't want to miss. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Remember that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. You can also follow the podcast on all your favorite platforms, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time, make sure that you subscribe. We give you Reds content every day of the week. Well, Monday through Friday anyway. Uh, Emergency news on the weekend if things like that happen all throughout the year. We are all Reds every day because we're your team every single day. And we've also got a great community on Discord, the On Reds Discord community. The link is down in the description of this episode. Please join today. Love to have folks talk on Reds baseball all day, every day. Got a great uh, community of folks there on the Lockdown Reds Discord page. All right, last night, provided the Reds an opportunity this weekend, excuse me, the Reds faced the Mets for three games in Flushing, Queens and the mets first of all did a huge favor they they won their series against the arizona diamondbacks and they won last night as well and then also the milwaukee brewers beat the miami marlins and the san francisco giants were rained out which still means that they did gain that half game on the reds so now you have the reds the diamondbacks and the giants all tied for the last spot in the wild card and that's a very interesting situation because the Giants and the Diamondbacks still have two more games to play against each other. I think it's two more games. It might be a little bit more than two more games. Um the Giants hold the tiebreaker over the Reds. The Reds hold the tiebreaker over the Diamondbacks. Um and I'm not really sure. I didn't I forgot to look this part up. I'm not sure where the Diamondbacks stand with the Giants. I think I think the uh, Giants actually hold the tiebreaker with the Diamondbacks currently. But again, their season series isn't over. So the Reds have a huge opportunity to maintain their wild card spot here against the Mets. The Mets have not had a good year. I mean, coming into this season, it, it seemed obvious that the Mets would be really, really good. I mean, they spent a ton of money to be really, really good, and they have been anything but really, really good. In fact, the two main pitchers that we're worried about when facing the Mets are gone. Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer are gone to the AL West. And so the the three pitchers that the Reds face in this series aren't the guys that you would have uh, pinned. Well, maybe one of them. Maybe one of them was. Uh, but um, the Reds will actually face two lefties in the three games. So, Two of the three games will be against lefty starting pitchers. They'll face David Peterson and Jose Quintana, a uh, familiar foe for the Cincinnati Reds and Jose Quintana. But that's two lefties out of the three. The other uh, pitcher is Tyler McGill, who they face on Saturday. David Peterson, of course, tonight, and Jose Quintana on Sunday. And the Reds, uh, by comparison, I'm very excited about this, which – probably portends doom but i love the probable starters that the reds have in this series we have Hunter Green tonight Andrew Abbott on Saturday and Brandon Williamson on Sunday that's great to hear cuz remember we came into the tigers series and, and literally it was like hours before the first pitch of the first game and all three games were still listed as TBD they had to figure out who was pitching in those games we know who's pitching the mets games and they're three good three pitchers Um, that can give us some good starts. They badly, badly need to at least go five innings. I'm just asking for five innings. Even from Hunter Green, even from Andrew Abbott, I just want five innings. It feels like, you know, it feels like that, that gif from Titanic, you know, it's been 84 years since our Reds pitcher has gone five innings. That's how it feels. That's all I want. Because like like I mentioned earlier, the Reds have averaged less than five innings per start on the year, which is below league average, which means that on the whole, the Reds' starting pitching staff on average does not qualify for a win. And it's just, that, that stat blows my mind. But as the Reds face this Mets team, and, and make no mistake about it, the Mets still have Pete Alonzo. They still have Francisco Lindor. They still have some very talented players, especially in their lineup. This is not the same situation. I feel like if the Reds play as sloppy as they played in Detroit, and make no mistake about it, the first two games, I'm so glad that the Reds won those games, but they didn't play that well. It was one of those situations where they didn't play that well and the Tigers played worse. The Mets have the kind of lineup that can really put it on the Reds if their pitching isn't on point. If Hunter Green is, is giving up some meatballs or if Andrew Abbott's not locating his pitches well or if Brandon Williamson is spinning his curveball in the middle of the zone or his changeup is getting left out of the plate, this could be a rough series. So we really need to see the Reds' starting pitching step up. I said before the Tigers' series, the whole pitching staff needs to step up because we really weren't sure who was starting. And I even thought, I, I, I guessed, and I guessed wrong, that Andrew Abbott would start in the Tiger series. But now that he's starting against the Mets, a little bit more than five days rest, really hope that means that execution will be on point. History tends to say that pitchers on extra rest sort of have a little bit of rust on them, so we'll see how he fares against this Mets lineup, but... Overall, the Reds have an opportunity, and they need to seize this opportunity. They need to win two out of three. It's it's not, a, it's not a moral victory to go one out of three in New York. They need to win two out of three, at least. If they can sweep, that'd be nice. But two out of three is an absolute must for the Reds against the Mets. They've got an opportunity. I think they can do it. They've just got to play a lot better than they were playing in Detroit. That's going to do it for us here today. Before we get out of here, I want to remind you one more time. You can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. But that'll do it for us here on today's edition of Lockdown Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. We'll recap this Mets series and look forward to the final homestand of 2023 for your Cincinnati Reds. As, um, look, I mean... The question's got to be, is this going to be the final homestand for Joey Votto? I have said what I said. My opinion is that I think he comes back next year, but that's just my opinion. We'll see what happens. So make sure uh, that you keep it right here with us. You keep it locked on Reds every single day.